1: Hello
0: and welcome to this week's episode of The Mentor. In this week's episode is a former rugby league player who set his sights on creating the perfect companion for football fans, which is a beer to drink while you're watching at the pub or at home. Denon Kemp is the founder of A Bloke and a Bar, which is a beer company currently making a lager, but looking to expand into other beer varieties as well. Denon also hosts his own online sports show on Facebook and is looking to expand that side of his business as well. So we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff. I love that he's willing to give things a crack, and so far has done it all from his own funds, but I want to find out more about what's on his radar. Let's get into it. Den Kemp, welcome to The Mentor. Thank you so much for having me, mate. I remember you from your days of the Broncos, the Warriors, you are also at the Dragons there for a while. Tell me what made you to get into making your own show online, first of all, and now making a beer line as well. I mean, tell me, what was that sort of journey? What was the process?
1: Um... Like, like all things, it was kind of a long process, you know, we, I guess we, we see these movies and there's always this aha moment or whatever, and, and it kind of just comes out of nowhere, but this was something that just built over time. So, um, growing up, I loved internet culture. I loved everything about it, you know, like just the, the idea that you could go to a computer and connect to millions of people, just blew my mind. And, um, I was heavily into video games. I loved them. Like that was my pastime, even when I was playing first grade, I well, local play video games, though. Yeah, oh, but I'm hardcore. Hardcore, hardcore, as in PC, not console. Anyway, I won't get into that. Um, so I'd always wanted to have my own show online I, when YouTube first started, but I just didn't have the guts to kind of say it, especially in that footy culture back then when I was coming through. You, you just don't say it. You don't say, I want my own show online. You would have been – I mean, I got ridiculed. <laughs> I was a soccer player coming into footy, got smashed enough, so I didn't need the extra uh, banter. But um, – So, I actually, I created an image for it. It was called, so embarrassing, called Draylo TV and it was going to be about video games but I never really, you know, pulled the trigger because I just, I feel in life that you've got to be so focused on what you're doing that if you're not, you aren't really going to be the best you can be or whatever and that was football. So, obviously, I'll rugby league. So, um, you know, I just kind of put it to the side and then when I retired, it was just, you know, podcasts become, started becoming a thing, Joe Rogan experience and everything like that and I just absolutely loved it and I thought, I still wanted to have my own show but my biggest issue was if I had my own video game show where I'm talking about video games or whatever, I've got to compete against the world. That's an in, that's a, a world thing. It's the biggest entertainment in, industry in the world. So i would not intimidated but it was like, you know, what are my chances of pushing through that market? Whereas... What was my point of difference or my foot in? And that was rugby league. You know, there was no big podcast at the time. I kind of knew the players and stuff like that. So it kind of, originally it was I wanted to talk to anyone that was interesting, that had a great story because I believe, you know, literally everyone has a great story. It's just a matter of whether they're willing to tell it and I guess open up or whatever. And uh, yeah, and then it was just, okay, rugby league is my foot in the door. And then eventually I started doing MMA fighters and boxers. And now it's just professional athletes with a focus on, on rugby league.
0: So it's a podcast where uh, you talk to uh, talent of any type,
1: essentially sporting it, talent. Sporting talent. I'd love to eventually What's get it into. What's it
0: called? Um, it's called the Locker Room. The Locker Room, right? Yeah. Okay, because I mean, there's a few of those around now. Like uh, I think Kerry McCabe's got the Players' Voice, I and mean, there's a few of these going around now. Is that Would that be right? Yes. Yeah,
1: so, yeah. So the Players' Voice is a site where um, players essentially write their own articles or help get you know help writing their own articles. Whereas this is a show with video. Oh, video, snippets, right. so, yeah, snippets every single night. Um, it's, it's really similar to Joe Rogan experience, except not as long and obviously not as good yet. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the kind of. He's got, got as much irreverence as Joe Rogan. Oh mate, I wish, I wish. I mean, that guy—he's a sponge. Yeah, he's a—he knows so much about so many different things.
0: Yeah, we should, we, mate. Don't, don't uh, open up the shoulders. Don't hold back. Whatever <laughs> you do. Uh, so. You've announced recently that um, you're getting a, a physical location, actually a bricks and mortar location on the Gold Coast. That yep. There's going to be a bar and a restaurant with a studio. Yes. Where you're going to record your shows. Yep. And I guess people can come and have a beer or something. Is it? Is that the game? Or
1: Yeah, that's the game. So beer, meat and sport, essentially. The um, Beer, meat and sport. That's the, that's yeah. the kind of – that's the – if we wanted to narrow it down to a bloke's haven and, yeah. you know, Shields as well, it's totally yeah. fine. Um, my, my partner will be running it. My, so – but, uh, you know, it's – it's essentially a modern sports bar, so instead of being like, oh, you know, we need to call and see if the footy's on or whatever, um, you know the footy's going to be on, the sound's going to be on, you are there to have the best ex- live experience possible watching the sport, drinking the best beer you can drink with a show that has NRL players and UFC fighters or whatever, giving a pre-game, mid-game, post-game breakdown along with the locker room, along with my bloke in a bar kind of social commentary on footy for the week. So let
0: me just picture it now. So it's going to be like you're going to have a, like a studio like this, for example, I guess, or something like this, yep. where you're going to be interviewing um, whoever, yep. a, a player or a sportsman, sports person. Um, and then outside that will be the the bar area, with, and they'll have a, a live screen on there, UFC will be on or a game NRL or AFL, whatever. Yep. And then then the patrons, the people come in, they can have a beer as well.
1: Yeah, so the the way the um, the <laughs> bar is designed, it's really long. So right in the middle is fully – you can see everything. It's all glass. And on either side, like facing in, is um, where the patrons sit. They drink the beer. They've got two 65-inch screens and an 82-inch screen. And essentially, they can look left, watch the show live. They can look up, watch it on TV if they want, or they can look straight ahead. The footy will be on those three TVs. And can they have a bet. They can, or we don't have. You never, you never. Don't have anyway, I guess yeah. it's just on your phone. <laughs> yeah, on yeah, your bed, on your yeah, phone. Well, yeah. there will be a um, William Hill is a sponsor of the locker room, so there all will right. be a, a an iPad there for them to, you know, do all
0: that kind of stuff. Right. And have you done your sort of homework on this? Like, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know how to run a bar. would never run one, but. I mean, have you done your homework on it, like uh, in terms of, you know, how many beers you need to sell to pay the rent, to pay the staff, to blah, 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 all the various licensing fees, and I mean.
1: Yes. Yeah, so my, my partner has 10 years of experience. She was a venue manager of the brewery down in Wollongong and that's a, you know, a million dollar business. And she ran that for about four years. So she's the brains. I'm just the guy that uh, sits in the studio and, and does a show No, but yeah, we have, we've sat down and, um, you know, to break even, we need X amount. Um, you know, it's, it's to break even if you were just looking at the beer sales, it's about 20 kegs that we'd be going really, really well with 20 kegs a week. Um, if you wanted to, it, I mean, it, it's going to, once we get up and running and see all those things we don't predict, and that's where my partner will come in really well with the staffing and all that kind of stuff is when we'll know, you know, is it, is, is 20 kegs comfortable? Is 10 kegs we really need to push this further but it's, it's around that mark 10 to 20 kegs and you're doing really well right so so tell me so but i guess people
0: listening this sort of um you know everyone's got all these great ideas in their life and they're always wondering I mean, you've told, told me what it was that initiated you to do this yep and clearly what you're doing is you're running off your background in rugby league you know you're, you're sort of using your inventory around rugby league um to do your podcasts and to do your interviews um now you're using your partners um experience in running bars and or v- venues yep but why do you think that this will be successful i mean I'm not, I'm not here to say it's not going to be successful but i just want to know why so other people can hear why do you think why are you and your partner backing yourself in this deal i mean and w-
1: where's the money coming from you know like obviously
0: you got to fit this joint out
1: yeah so it's all been fitted yeah. and um and so we had a sponsorship from william hill yeah. and had money a bit of money saved so the money's come from us Yep. Yeah and so reason, william hills uh, you were talking about the uh, the betting agency yep yeah and so they've been sponsoring the show for about a year and a half Yep. and um so we saved really you know barely went out you know all the yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. you do when you well, no to no
0: it. no t- tell us about it because you know i think it's important that people know how it works you know and yeah. i mean when you say i know but you're not talking to me you're now talking to an audience so i mean there's an audience by the way who might actually go to your bar so Tell, tell your story. You know, you say you want players, say they're reluctant to
1: tell their story. I want you to tell your story. You know, what did you go without? Oh, well, um, about three or four years ago, was me and my partner. We were sleeping on a single blow-up mattress in uh, her parents' uh, back room. And uh, we moved, obviously, into a unit. But it was just essentially, you know, we never went out. We never spent any money that we shouldn't spend. Um, every dollar we got outside of paying bills was straight into the show. And then it was straight into the bar. Um, it was just essentially, you know, we haven't been on a holiday ever, um, and how many, how many years you've been at this? Um, so <laughs> the show's been going for about two and a half, three years, and um, and the bar obviously isn't open yet, but the beer has been five to six months now. Right. So all the build up to that. So I, when I finished footy, I started my electrical apprenticeship, mm-hmm. and um, was working in one of the on average the coldest area in the country which was Goulburn in an above ground mind and uh mature age apprenticeship and that's also you know where we saved a little bit of money which gave us enough money to pay for the mobile studio for the locker room and then the locker room slowly built and I was working 60 hours a week whilst I was doing the locker room taught myself to edit on YouTube so when I decided this is what I want to do went on YouTube taught myself to edit taught myself about sound watched you know countless hours of Joe Rogan, I've got to say that, I would have done that anyway, but Joe Rogan, Tim Ferriss show, London Real, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, just all of those kind of guys and pulled little bits from here and there and then obviously give my unique personality, uh, well, my personality that I feel has some unique traits, um, a spin on it. And yeah, that's, that's how I taught myself to, essentially, I wanted to make it so that I was a jack of all trades so that I could keep the cost of the show way, way down and it was only trying to get the player on and hiring the studio. Um, that would be the cost, and that would see me through those first few years where you've just got no resources and the cash flow is non-existent. And yeah, and that's that's kind of how that got off the ground. So where'd you get your premises to do your recording? Or did you just record from home? So I, um, I, th- the idea was the biggest issue with footy players or getting them on is convenience. How can you make it so that's easy for them to get you gotta there? Go and see them. Exactly. So I built a mobile studio to pop up walls that sit behind each person. And when the camera's on them, it looks like they've come to my studio, but it's actually a mobile studio that can sit in their lounge room, can sit in a hotel room. So I would hire a hotel room or go to their lounge room close to wherever they are, say, you know, 10 minutes away. They would come on, we would do it, sit down for an hour. um, They would go, pack it all down, go to work the next day. And then that happened for about a year. Finally got enough money to Focus full time on it, and uh, yeah, that's when I go. So you
0: got you, so, so 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 for those people listening. So for a period of time, there you made a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it's it was, not. A, yeah. But you're enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. It was. I loved it. it. So it wasn't a sacrifice. Yeah, not at all. So at all. The, I mean, people think that when you're doing a startup, you've got to make sacrifices, but they're actually not sacrifices. There are be a better way of putting it. Is they're just compromises, but you're enjoying the compromise. Oh, I mean, when we get married, we're it's actually a compromise. You yeah. know, we don't necessarily want to get married, but we're compromising. We're saying to our partner, listen, I'll marry you. Um, it's not a, a begrudging compromise. It's yeah. a it's a fun compromise. It's a happy compromise because you, you want to make that compromise. Yeah. And it's the same when it comes to starting a big business. Um, you've got to make compromises, but you have fun doing it. Like totally. I, mean, I like you, I didn't want to have to come in this morning. I had to come in at 10 past 7 to do something on Triple M. Um, I didn't feel like doing that because it interrupted something else. I was doing some training I was doing, but – um, but at the same time, I thought about it, I'm actually happy doing it. It's cool. Yeah. It's not as if I was coming in to see the taxation department or something. That That's something I would hate to do. <laughs> um, but so, like, uh, and so, and I think people who are listening just need to understand yeah, the sacrifices are important, but you, if you're not enjoying those sacrifices, then you're probably doing the wrong thing. You're, not, you're in the wrong environment or you're totally in the wrong startup. So, you made these sacrifices, compromises, you enjoyed it. Your partner did the same thing, she enjoyed it yeah so, uh, you were in Goulburn she, didn't you say she was in Wollongong?
1: So she's so she was in Wollongong I would live away mm-hmm. during the week and then um, so I would live in Goulburn I'd come back on the weekends to and, Wollongong uh, to Wollongong yeah. yeah so it's about an hour and 45 drive um, and so that was just at that stage it was just this is what needed to happen you know that might okay like, so
0: yeah okay that's good because I mean I, that's what I'm trying to dig out of here because yeah. what you're doing is you're 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 out of town Monday to Friday or something working you don't see your partner. Yeah. She's working, doing her thing. She doesn't see you. Then you meet up on weekends and you flip back out there whenever it is, Monday morning something, um, to do your other job. Yeah. All the time you're saving everything. Yeah. Which, by the way, you can save because if you're living somewhere cheap – and um, you know you're not you're not there with your partner you're not going out yeah you're just basically eating cornflakes and wheat picks and stuff like that <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know and eating toast and bread pretty much <laughs> toast you yeah, toast and uh, beans at night but that's good yeah that's good that's a great that's, a, that's a, they're the sorts of things that people have to
1: do to get these business up so you did that for a couple of years so so I did that for about a year um, and then. For the next six to eight months, the company said, we no longer are going to give you living away away from home allowance. You need to drive every day. So then I was driving an hour and 45 to work an hour and 45 home. Every day? Yes. Three hours driving every day? Yes. That's Um, mad. Good on you. And uh, doing the show as well. But again, like it was just one of those situations where I I loved it. It gave me purpose. You know, there was a period in my life when I did quit footy, you know, your stock standard, um, just the loss of purpose and, you know, the camaraderie and the focused towards a goal at the end of every single week, the bonding, the being the best you can be. Um, And yeah, so I just, I did it because, so for example, I did the electrical apprenticeship because I thought it was the right thing, but it wasn't, 100% wasn't my passion. I just did it because that's what a man's supposed to do. You're supposed to go get a job and work hard. And then, um, yeah, so I I did that for a few years. So I did that for three years all up and um, got to a point at that third year where I could have continued the electrical apprenticeship or I could have, um, I was earning enough money from sponsorship. So, uh, for people that are listening, you know, let's say you get, you reach a hundred thousand people a week, uh, a company may come to you and say, you know, what's your demographic? And we'll say, you know, 18 to 35 year old males watch my show. Well, I am going want to
0: stop you there because I think it's important we, we, we actually drill into this because I would do want yep. to ask about the William Hill sponsorship, yep. for example. Um, and I think probably a good idea is we go to the break here because I, I think we should go to the break and I think I want to come back and talk about this because, um, you just don't find a sponsor. Um, you have to have data for a sponsor. Sponsors are interested in who, what your reach is, as you said, what the demographics are, who are they, and are they likely to be my customers yeah. at the end of the day. And um, in order to convince a sponsor of that, you, you've got to have more than just talk. You've got to have information and, yeah. and, and really good evidence. So I want to come back, go to the break, and we're going to come back and talk about that. Welcome back to the mentor. Now, I'm talking to Denon, and Denon's going to tell me and tell the audience who's listening to this how did he get this startup stage funded through his sponsors? In other words, that's your, your top line of revenue. We're talking about top line of revenue into a podcast and a podcast called The Locker Room that talks to, in those days, footy players, rugby league players. What is it gave you the hoots the part to go along to um, someone like William Hill? a betting agency, and try and drag some of their budget out into your show when, you know, everyone knows they're spending money all around the place and all sorts of big names, big shows. Yeah, What is it you thought
1: you could do that others couldn't do? So the unique thing that I guess a guy that's hosting a podcast that runs it all is that I have a direct connection to my audience, audience for one. So I guess whatever sponsor I put there, you know, my backing behind it has value because I'm connecting to that audience on a constant basis. So, so. that's called in-program, yep. which means you
0: can basically endorse endorse the sponsor to your listeners and you'll build up amount of trust with your
1: listeners exactly. that your listeners will believe you. Yep, okay. exactly. So, okay, who are your listeners? So my listeners are mainly 18 to 24-year-old males. How would you know that? Well, all the data on Facebook. So Facebook tracks everything and so does YouTube. But my iBase, mainly on Facebook due to the virality of it and the ease of it, you know, I want it to be... In people's lives, so they they're going through their scroll, scrolling through their feed, and it's there, easy, accessible. They don't have to go looking for it; they don't have to find it. It's there. In saying that, you are beholden to their algorithm algorithms, and also they make you pay for your own audience to reach your own audience. But there's negatives and cons with everything, uh, negatives and pros with everything. Um, so, 18 to 24 year old males, and so if, is, that, is that William Hill's audience? Uh, well, William Hill's audience, eighteen to thirty-five year old male, they were at that stage and still are try- directing to a younger demographic. Right. Um, due to there was a bit of a drop off in the younger demogra- demographic being interested in horse racing and all that kind of stuff. It's actually building back up now, from what I've been told. I mean, I don't I haven't seen actual statistics for it, but from what I'm being told, it's building back up now. And um, and they actually approached me. I already had a. Um, oh, they approached you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they approached me. And now, how many
0: people do you have listening to you on your podcast?
1: Um, so at that stage, I was averaging about eighty thousand views a week. Okay, very good. Uh, um, yeah, and so so Facebook's a bit weird. So you can you can I could come in here and say I reach two hundred thousand people, but the the words the wording of that, if you don't listen to it correctly, you may not understand what I'm actually saying to you. Reaching just means I'm going through their feed. Whereas views means they've they've actually stopped for at least three seconds and view the content, and then you can also go in even further and see how many seconds people are averaging. Are they clicking out after a certain period of time? It's really good to see you know where you would need to improve your you know podcast. Is your intro good enough? Are you you know catching them and bringing them in? Are you you know meandering on too much? Um, Anyway, so, yeah, I, I essentially just gave them all those statistics of 18 to 35-year-old male live in New South Wales, and Queensland uh, majority, but then obviously to a bigger extent, Australia um, and New Zealand a little bit. Um, and, you know, the, the view count, the reach count, all the details, they looked at it. They put me on an extremely small amount to begin with and said, you know, see how you go. We've never done this before, but let's just see how you go. We went extremely well. And what did you have to do for him? And obviously they was it brought to you by William Hill or what did you do? Yes, so the the show is uh brought to you by William Hill and essentially just whatever their offers are for, you know, matching initial like their match initial deposit, or we're having this special on the races. Did you um, have to announce that or they did you announce that? It was just the the actual legal writing was uh ten eight-second ten eight second ads per week. Right. So there was no From you or from them though? From from me. From you, right? And I and I was to have access to their resources, but in the end, I just made dads myself. Yeah. Um, it was to be honest, it wasn't necessarily this. They didn't sit me down and say like, "This has to be like this." They said, "You know what? We only care about results. Get them done. Get it done." Pretty much yeah, yeah. anyway. The results were good. Came back and we extended for longer at a higher amount. Um, and yeah, it's been an extremely positive working relationship. It's given me the freedom to. Do some really interesting uh, interviews because at the start, when I was earning, you know, barely anything, we, we were doing, we were paying for everything on credit cards, and the missus was still working full time, and and it was very hard to get the bigger kind of guests in. But now it's much easier because a the show's grown, so reputation has grown, but also it's much easier to go, you know, p- play a, uh pay appearance fees to players that I don't necessarily know. Um, but the uh, the irony is, as the show gets bigger you know, the more players want to come on, so the less you're going to pay. But anyway, that's a yeah, paradox kind of. Yeah, paradox yeah. Kind of.
0: No, so that, that's interesting. So um, how have you expanded your listener base now from 80,000 to
1: where? So at the moment we're sitting, <clears throat> so for example, the, this last week that just went by, we had 110,000 total views, um, which is an average of about 40,000 views per snippet. Um, and the way I expanded the, the, the user base is essentially just honing it to the 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 best three to f- well, two to five minutes i can possibly deliver so so it's a, fi- it's a five minute podcast no so it's an hour long wow. and, then I, and then i edit it edit it so that each night so i'll break it down sorry so it's an hour long yeah i bank up five of them mm-hmm. and then what i do is over the next five weeks sometimes three weeks if there's not as interesting stuff on those episodes each night i'll release a snippet from a different player that that really because i that, that evolved from originally it was just a single player each night, Monday to Friday, a whole episode would be breaking up into five snippets each night. They would get a snippet and then I would release a full episode. Eventually I realized that people like the freshness of a new player every single night because it's you know, it's interesting. Whereas I found that if you did the same thing same player each night by Thursday, they'd kind of gotten used to it and they'd seen the guy. And so it's all these little tweaks that you look at and say, how can we make this more engaging, more surprising, more you know when you're competing against anything and everything on facebook you want them to be so engaged as soon as they see it and so it was all about just crafting it to be the perfect thing it's still not perfect still can improve but that was kind of the the growing process of the actual show so so you got you got
0: william hill any other sponsors
1: uh, Will I sponsor it with my own
0: beer now. Yeah, so. so that's yeah, but that's you. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a bit of a, a rot. <laughs> so uh, huge sponsorship deal, huge, yeah, sponsor. huge, <laughs> huge, massive. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but William Hill basically, and they, they're funding it for you in some respects. Uh
1: yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah, they are.
0: But yeah. but how? I mean, what? So the revenue line for the podcast is sponsorship. So you got William Hill. Yep. Then. I want to move on to your beer line. Yeah, um, it's called Bloke and a Bar. I'm looking at a box of beer here yeah. with Bloke and a Bar on it. Bloke and a Bar. Um, your name on it. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's your beer. Um, you've launched that when?
1: Ah, uh, so we launched that five months. Oh, five and a half months ago. Okay. So where do you brew it? So Try it's on. brewed. know, <laughs> it's brewed at Brewpack. Yep. Um, and they do so obviously. Uh, we were talking about, you know, who funds this. And so we 100% don't have enough money to build our own brewery. Yep. But we had enough money to brew pack, which is a contract brewer. And so yep. what they do is, is if you are a brewery that has more demand than you can meet, they'll come to you mm-hmm. and some and they'll say, we have all these tanks. We'll Give us your recipe. We'll brew it. Give us your, your packaging, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So we come up with the recipe. We came up with the um, the packaging. We go to them and say, we want X amount brewed. We would get those batches and then you know sell it on kind of thing. Yeah. So uh,
0: where are you where are you selling it through? Where are you, where you're distributing through?
1: Um. So we have well, it's online at the moment, but because we moved to Queensland, the licensing um you know reapplying for the license in Queensland, you're not allowed to sell online. Um, selling online beer, it's not there yet. It's it's just not something Australians do. So we are in about forty stores at the moment and that's just independent liquor stores. Independent liquor stores. Yep. Like uh, Coles or Woolworths owned or no, so proper uh, independence. Proper independence. <clears throat> so you've been on the road knocking on doors, sort of saying, Will you sell my
0: beer? Essentially, yes. Yeah, and how much is a box of beer? Uh fifty nine ninety nine. Right, and how's that rank relative to say box of E B equivalent? So that's not really I know it's not your competitor, but how's it rank?
1: Uh, well, it's 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 more expensive than your right, okay. Yeah. So
0: so have you been? Out, how do you get your um, your beer, a st- big stack of your beer at the front of the independent liquor store, which so, is where you got to be.
1: Yeah. So we we essentially go in. Uh, myself and my partner will go in and we'll give them. There's essentially a, a just a whole rundown of here's twenty NRL players holding the beer. Um, here's a show that's sponsored by the beer. It, it reaches hundreds of thousands of people a week. And just say that to the the owner or whatever. We give them a sample, show them that we have a point of difference. Show them that they will be advertised on the show. So we put our locations on the show, so right. they're getting advertising as well for the same amount, you know. Whereas no other beer can offer that, um, you know. So a lot of people will go down specifically to that store because they've seen it on our show, and uh, yeah, we go in there with a point of difference. But also, we, I mean, this is standard, and I. I I don't ever understand why people say you've got to have a good product. Like, of course you've got to have a good product, but it is a good beer, and we are we are extremely confident it's a lager, in the beer. It? Yes. Right. Okay. Okay. So I mean, because I mean, you've just covered off a lot of stuff, but it's uh, I've
0: been involved in beer companies, and uh, it's not that easy to um, build a good lager and get it bottled, get it um, put into a bottle and yep. uh, boxed and shipped and sold. I mean, it's it's a it's a major mission. Who's yes. doing that? You and. So my, myself and my my missus. Okay, so you do So you got. So here we go. Running a podcast, running a bar, and you do, and you um, got your own beer company. The two of you, just two of you. Correct. No staff. No. So when do you burn out? I mean, what, tell me about that. Because when I mean, that happens, I, I live and breathe it. I love it. I know that, but when do you burn out? Have you thought about this? How old are you? I'm thirty. Thirty. Um, your missus? Ah, uh, she's twenty seven. Twenty seven. Okay. You know that. That does happen. Yes, you, I do. because yeah, you've seen it with footballers; it happens with footballers. Yes, and it's going to happen. It happens in business too. So, what are your what are you doing to protect that position? So, you know, what do you do to de-risk do that? Because um, that's a lot. That, that, I mean, I've been involved in beer companies. I've never been involved in a bar. Obviously, involved in a podcast. Yeah. Um, I just know how much energy it takes out of you. I know, yes. I know You're a young bloke, but and you've got no kids and stuff like that. But it doesn't matter. You're yep. going to me, Miles. Like, I can just see the way you're talking to me. You know, like you're. Your, your energy is, uh, you're projecting energy, a lot of energy, and I guess that's something that you you do all day long, and uh, from some things,
1: long days too. So, what do
0: you do to de-risk that?
1: Uh, well, so, I make sure I always get eight hours sleep, and it sounds a bit childish, but 100% no. eight hours, and I always go to the gym no matter what in the morning. Hundred is a non-negotiable, um, and obviously, eating healthy, I never go out, I don't, you know, obviously, I drink, but not. I don't drink to the point where I'm partying each weekend, like maybe I was when I was going through my apprenticeship, or even sometimes when I was playing footy. But you know, footy was a really good learning experience for me because I I could experiment of when I barely drunk. You know, obviously, one or two is fine after a game. It's actually sometimes better for you because it relaxes you, so you can actually sleep. But um, when I was extremely healthy and focused on that specific goal, uh, it was much easier to play a whole season. As soon as I took my offer and, you know, maybe had once, even once a month if I drank too much and went out, that would wreck me for, you know, I would just keep getting lower and lower and then I'd be below that line. But that's you're telling
0: me how you're de-risking yourself. I'm asking you, how do you de-risk the business? Uh, The business. So, I mean, it's a… Because the business is relying upon you and your missus. Correct. So, I'll give you an example. help you along here. What happens if you and your missus split up?
1: That's a, that's a you know that's a possibility it's like I it's sort of, a possibility but I
0: don't mean that I mean but what happens I'm not asking you is it a possibility in terms of the business how do you de-risk that I mean what what do you do what are you doing well, we, what's your thought process around that We would split and hers by the
1: way. Well we would split the
0: business 50-50 okay but let's say she Let's say you meet a bird. I don't yep. want to put on. Her <laughs> <hands of blood. laughs> you meet a bird. She's probably with some bloke now. You meet a bird. You, you meet a woman, and uh, you're, you're this woman you meet lives in Port Douglas, yep. and um, she's extremely attractive, and she's a billionaire, and uh, says to you, <laughs> Denon, <laughs> um, you never have to work again, um, and you can do your podcast from my house in uh, Port Douglas, and oh, I'm going to fund it, okay? And uh, I'll fly the players up first class, <laughs> and I'll pay them five thousand each. So all of a sudden, you say, to, so so you got your wife. What's your wife's name? Oh, she's my partner. It's Krista. Krista? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Krista, I'm out because I'm off to Port Douglas. So I'm going to hang out with uh, Samantha. Never okay? happened. I oh, know no, it never happened. I'm, I'm just joking. saying. Yeah, yeah I'm um, uh, but, you know, this is the sort of stuff that yeah. does happen sometimes. Um, um, and in terms of do risk in the business, what do you think you need to do?
1: Because I'm going to tell you what I think you need to do. But what do you think you need to do? Well, I guess I mean the business is written in writing fifty fifty, so mm-hmm. it's contractually like that. I'm not worried that you're not you're going to get dated or she's going to date. I'm worried
0: about the business. Okay, I'm so, not worried about you as individuals. I'm worried about the business.
1: Well, it's it's what it's, it's, it's such a hard question because she's so integral and so good at what she does, and I feel I'm I bring you know some good things to the table. So you know it's kind of like let's say you're a, a business that aren't you know you're not married, you are just mates or you just know each other. I guess it's a similar question, like how do you replace someone? What happens if you die? I guess. You'll
0: run over, you have a bad, tra- terrible traffic accident.
1: Uh, well. Incapacitated. The, the business would take a gigantic kid Okay, because, I'm telling, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the answer, right? I'll tell
0: you, there's two answers, two parts to it. The first thing is you've got to start to work out who's succession and because this business is highly reliant on you and your, your partner. So, you got to start to think about succession. Yep. So, and I know you're going to say, well, hang on, I'm only young, I don't need succession. But you need to start to have, you need to start thinking think about having a person in the business that can A, let you go on holiday. Yep. Both of you. Yep. Uh, or individually for that matter, just let you have a break. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is you need to have somebody that if you get injured, somebody at least knows how to come do all the controls. And run the joint. Like not a sound engineer, yep. necessarily, but someone who can set up. And finally, there are insurance policies, policies you can take Where where people in partnership, that if one partner dies or something happens, um, the insurance company will pay to the remaining, to the business, an amount of money that allows you then to go out and buy someone.
1: Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, you can do that. Wow. Okay.
0: So, you know, talk to insurance broker, that sort of stuff. But these are the sorts of risk management things that small businesses, which are highly reliant upon the two proprietors in your case, um, and the business are really good because you've got two great proprietors yep. and you're working together, not only your partners in, in, in life, but your real partners, you know, both passionate about the business, both have real good solid skills in relation to what you're doing and extremely enthusiastic. But at the same time, that's your biggest weakness. Yes. yes. So you need to de-risk the – or think, start thinking – I don't mean you've got to go out and do it tomorrow, but you've got to start thinking about de-risking this business because you've got big ambitions, you're doing a lot of stuff, you're doing very, very well by the look of things. Um, you're, but you've got people who are totally reliant on you. You're, that's your audience and it's your sponsors. Yep. And to some extent, you're totally reliant on your partner, and to and to the same extent, she's totally reliant upon you. Yep. So it's if one part of it falls off, um, the whole thing collapses. So it doesn't matter whether you got an agreement between the two because the, the things are worth jack shit. Yep. yeah. So if she runs off of the bloke, the things worth jack shit because you're gonna find it so hard. You won't have enough money to go and find someone to run that part of the business that she runs and equally yes. it's gonna work around Very and vice true. versa. I know I'm not suggesting this happens, but that she's gonna run off but it does happen by the way. I'm not saying, oh, 100%. I'm saying she's gonna do it, but yes. you just gotta be, be aware of this sort of stuff and do risk it because at some stage in in life you're gonna walk along and you're gonna try and get an investor. Yeah. And that's the first question investors are going to look at. That's the first question investors are going to ask. That's the first question everyone asks me when they come into anything that I'm involved in. Yep. What happens, Mark? What's your succession plan? And in my case, I always have people who are actually far more competent at doing the job in the business than I am. Yep. And most people think it's me all the time, but it's not. I mean, yep. I'm just sort of at the front of it. And, you know, in, in our case and the Elbrick Rose case, we have a $12 million, a $30 million insurance policy that if I die or get incapacitated... That the, the insurer pays thirty million bucks to the company, which allows them to go and replace me for a couple of years. You yeah. Pay pay a lot of money to get two or three people, you know, for three or four years to build back into my position. Yep. Um, if I was lending you money, if I'm a bank and I'm lending you money, or Yellowbrick Grove is lending you money, the first thing I would make you do as part of, as a condition precedent of us lending you money to build yep. your business is that I would make sure you took an insurance policy out. Mate, it's uh... in favor of the company, not in favor of us, but in, in favor, favor of the company. company. So that I know the business that I'm backing can always has continuity, yeah. Okay, and has yeah. a life. Yep. Post Denon, post Krista. Is Krista? Wow. Yeah, Krista. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, wow. I mean, thank you so much for that. I didn't honestly being so young and headstrong, you don't even think about that kind of stuff. You yeah, feel invincible. They're,
0: they're the sort of things you've got to start preparing for because yep. obviously, I mean, I want to talk about this now, but you, you want to go on expansion, and yep. expansion usually means capital. Yep. Um, and equally, you know, like I, I'm, if I was a sponsor. I'd be thinking about this sort of stuff too. Yeah. You know, your, your sponsors might say, well, what happens if this guy falls over? Yeah. Um, you want to ha- be able to say, well, you've got an answer. Here it is. Here's the answer. It's not just an agreement between me and Mrs., but this is our su- succession plan. We've got young Hugh here who's an up-and-coming, you know, just straight out of um, film school, or just out of sound engineer school or, uh, you know, great young podcaster. Um, he's, he's always buying my side, i not paying him much money, but he's next door to me, standing next to me every time I do a podcast, he knows the business backwards, I'm going to build him up, he's going to be the guy that can sort of give me, A, a break, yep. if I need a break, and, um, like, if you go upstairs at Triple M, you'll see up there that, uh, Matty Johns is in at Mount Everest, or something like that, um, and, uh, they've got up there, uh, Freya's up there, she's up there... Sitting in in the seat now. The last couple of years, I've noticed they put Freo and and Jana up there. They're ones and with both. The, they're both producers of the show, um, but they fill in straight away. Yeah, people going to have a break. Yeah, people. You must give people a break. Now, as strong as the show is with Maddie, it's got to be equally capable. If Maddie's going to do climb Mount Everest or whatever he's doing. And then you can put you know, one of those people who are sitting in the background straight yep. into the show, slot in. It's really important when you run a business and you know you're 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 running a, you're running a radio show. Yeah. Call it podcast or whatever, but it's a radio show. <laughs> yes, correct. And uh, nobody runs a radio show, no one can be on a radio show every day of the week for the next ten years. Yep. Very true. Think about it. I just want you to think about it. Now, I want you to tell me what are your future plans? So where are you going to take? So you're going to, you're going to set up your bar. You're setting up your bar. Yep. You got your beer line here, bloke in a bar. Yep. You got your podcast, which is going to now be done out of the bar and is going out to you know hundred thousand people, and um, you know through Facebook, and everybody's loving it, I guess. And um, you've got uh, William Hill as your sponsor. So where to from here?
1: Where to? So the next, obviously, the focus in this next few months is the bar you know we want to offer the best after the bar after bar Mm. okay after the bar we want to be essentially the modern day forex we want essentially be known as the sport beer um and that is whether and that's the the lager just essentially broken a bar as a brand we don't want we want to integrate ourselves within the sporting community what can we what can we offer the sporting community so that you know they really feel that we are giving the community something we we want to be a part of it and that first step starts with the rugby league community you know we have had quite a few people come up to us and say oh you're the NRL beer and when we hear that music to our ears because that's what we want to be you know we want to give back to that kind of community long longer term how are you going to do that well because well, the positioning with all, all the kind of media you know so it's sponsors a sports show um, it's it's always got sports players holding it to drink it um, yeah so essentially just its its media presence will always be at this stage obviously you Know if we pivot, we pivot, but at this stage, we our media presence is we are an NRL beer. If you love the footy, you should love bloke in a bar too. We hope you love bloke in a bar too, and we hope that on a Friday night, you've been working your ass off all week, that you think about having a bloke in a bar watching the footy. That's our kind of dream at the end of the day. Um, and then, longer term, uh, we would have I you wanna- done have
0: you, okay? I almost stopped there. Have you done any analysis on you know the psychographics, the uh, the and the demographics of? Ear drinkers, what is it gets them to drink? For example, uh, pure blonde. I mean, I don't know. Um, for example, I never drank pure blonde, um, but I do do drink it now because it's got less calories. Basically, yep. it's the only reason I drink it. It's it's a bit soft for me. It's not strong enough in terms of the, the taste. Yep. But that for me that now overrides because you know I, I'm, I'm thinking myself you know there's two hundred calories in a bottle. If I drink three bottles, um, that's two hundred calories, six hundred calories. If I if I, I can drink six bottles. Still, only drink 600 calories, so I can drink twice as much. Um, so, <coughs> in one session. So, and if I'm watching the footy, that's what I like to do. I'd have a beer. Yep. Um, that's that's the only time I drink, really drink, is if I'm watching the footy and I have a bag of chips, potato yep. chips, which is the world's worst thing for you. But, <laughs> um, but that's that's my thing. Okay. Um, and uh, so, I drink pure blonde for that reason. Now, if another beer brand came out and said stronger tasting beer which I just noticed Peroni or someone like that came out recently saying and they had the same level of calories that the pure blondes got I'd probably go for that beer um, this says less calories
1: less calories yes, right. Okay. so
0: so your point of difference is, yes. is calorific or it's calories right do so, you tell people that
1: no so our point of difference is the fact that it's an extremely smooth craft beer. So where the stepping stone between your commercial beer and your craft beer? Now, Yeah, but that
0: doesn't get me to buy it. That doesn't get me to try it. That's, that's what I'm asking you here. It doesn't get me to try the beer. I, what you're saying is once you try the beer, you'll see it's a smooth craft beer, okay? Yes. But how do you get me to try the beer? Well, because uh, I wouldn't I – would, I, I was going to drink pure blonde. I thought I used to hate the fucking ad, and uh, it just didn't get me, you know what I mean? It looks a bit weird, and uh, – I'm not allowed to say the word on radio, but I just <laughs> didn't like it, okay? But what got me to try it was the calorie count. Yes. So what is it you're going to do to get me to try a bloke and a bar, apart from just give me a box of it today? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I guess, you know, at, at the moment our media push is sports beer, NRL players, drink Still it. doesn't get me to drink it. I mean, I,
0: I'm not going to drink as a footballer drinks it. I mean, I love rugby league. I mean, I'm, I'm on the board of Russia, as you know. Um, but what is it? That, what's That's what I'm trying to work out here. What, Logan a bar, not a bad name. It's okay. Um, but, you know, the, the the logo and the, the packaging looks pretty good. Um, still doesn't quite get me to drink it. Um, a lot, you got the Chesty Bond guy on the side there with the big mug. Um, <laughs> that's sort of okay. It's interesting, but doesn't quite get me yet, then it? Yes. Um, what is it? Uh, have you, what, what do you think it is? I mean, do you think it's, it's – you can't tell me – you can't say to me now it's because it's extremely smooth because that assumes I've already drunk it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't say to me because, uh, you know, block a roach that it's a good beer that I should drink it because yes. that's not quite going to get me either. I mean, I think cause I really do think the sports celebrity thing is just not quite as believable as it used to be 20, 30 years ago. Yes. Cause it's sports celebrities doing everything for everybody and everyone knows that they're just, they're getting paid to do it. Yes. As well, there's something in it for them. We all know that. Um, I mean, we had uh, Bob Hawkes beer in here the other day, about yes. two months ago. Um, that, that sort of was interesting, but even that didn't get me in to taste it. I just, what do you reckon it could be? I mean, I don't well, know the answer, but I mean, cal- calories to me is a big thing on everyone's mind. Because yes. the more beer I drink, the fatter I get. <laughs> I, mean, I It's yeah. the truth, yeah? Yeah, oh, uh, yeah totally, 100%. You're a trim bloke. I mean, it, I can't go and drink six beers th- on a Friday night because I won't train properly the next day, yep. um, and it's, it's the calories are going to sit in my guts. Yes. Um, so that that I think that works. And by the way, by the way, beer companies couldn't give a crap whether they put calories on Make It Fat or not. Yes. Beer companies spend an absolute fortune on this research, this psychographic research, and they've worked out the calories is a point of difference to get you to try their beer, yes. which is why they spend so much on it, yeah. and uh, which you can't spend. So there might be something in it what they're doing and there seems to me to be this mid-strength beer coming out and this calorie thing coming out that seems to me to be the push around beers that they've done the research on.
1: Yeah, I totally, 100% agree. So the way, like, now this is just how I work and it could be completely wrong, but, you know, we have a certain period of time where this is the brand we're pushing and so right now we're pushing, it's a sports beer. Right. You know, we haven't released cans yet and so... There's a certain momentum and this is obviously just my opinion, I could be completely wrong. But when I No, no, and I'm not
0: here to tell you wrong or yeah.
1: right, but I'm just actually asking you,
0: what are you I want to get out of you what you're thinking about. Yes. I'm just
1: trying to work out I want to hear what your thinking is. So my thinking is there's certain momentums with uh what you're trying to per, per, I guess get the public to perceive your beer to be. And so we've been open we've been out for five and a half months. And so our goal at the moment is to be, you know, the footy beer, the NRL beer. Now, when that momentum ceases and that is, no, that is no longer our marketing idea of like what we're trying to push, then we go to, okay, that's been going, we've been whipping a dead horse for 10 months. Now, it's time to look at the other strong points of our beer, low calories, and start pushing that for the next season of marketing. And that's kind of how I work when, I come, when it comes to marketing. So, for example, a lot of people have been asking for cans, but why, you know, for, in my head, why would I release cans as soon as we've launched when I can use that opportunity for a relaunch of the beer and it'd be wasted and kind of lost in the noise of our initial launch if I'm doing all of these things at once. Whereas if I pinpoint the message I'm trying to send for that specific time, I feel like it's a much stronger message and it's exactly what I'm trying to present. Then the next marketing cycle comes around and what we want to try and push, low calories, all natural, you know, that we can go the health kind of angle. So that's the kind of thinking that that's the way I think about the beer. Um, and that's kind of where we're at at the moment. We're trying to push a very strong sports beer and then eventually we will release. Okay, I'm going to tell you something, right? I, I, and I, I'm doing this in a friendly way. Um, I'll give you an observation. I think you're
0: headstrong, but I think that's your, big, your biggest strength, okay? It's also, I think, it's your weakness. So potentially your weakness. Because um, I just listening to you then, you're saying, I think this, I think that what I think you've got to do is you've got to do some more research. That's what I'll be doing. Um, and maybe what you should be launching this is as, as everything that it is. It's a sports, it's a. It's an NRL, uh, it's a, it's a low-calorie NRL uh, uh, drink. In other words, this is the beer, the low-calorie beer that rugby league players drink. Yes. Maybe you want to think about that because I'm not sure if there's too much time in the world um, with all the new people coming onto the marketplace, to keep trying out new things every three or four months, and not only that is maybe not enough money to do that in the world for you, and uh, because you know you're you're going to lose three months of spend on it, so just think about it. I'd like you to sort of open up a bit more, and just do a little bit more research about maybe ask all the footy players what is it that make you what what is it that would make you try and try this beer to drink. I am. Accepting that once they drink it, they'll love it. Okay, I accept your word for that, um, and and that's a sort of a personal taste thing, anyway. Yeah, but I, I just subjective. accept that's the case. Okay. But w- what I'd like to know one day from you is, Mark, I spoke to 140 players, and this is what they said: uh, you know, not cheer squad, but footy players, people, not your brother and your sister, and your cousins and your uncles, your mates, <laughs> but real people who are properly independent. What is it you would do that would make you try this beer? Just a survey. Yes, and and uh, just just find out a hundred people just find out what it is. It might you might get a surprise in your life, um, and then you should list the things in there by, about the beer, but list the characteristics. Yep, low calories, great taste, sports a bit sports beer, blah blah. You know, yeah, and just and sort of prompt them a little bit. Yep, and just see what they tick off, what they mark off, and ask them maybe to say do it in order of five, four, three, two, 1 or something. You know what I mean? Yep. Like and just it'd be, it'd be interesting to find out. Yes, and, yeah, and 100%. test it out. Because I and because uh, I actually think that people want to know. There's two or three things there. Yeah, you know, like the pure blonde thing is uh, comes across to me as clean and fresh. Yeah. I I got that image in my mind. You've got an image about footballers. sport, yep. that's an image. Yeah. Then the physical attributes of pure blondes. It's low calories. Yep, it has a physical attribute too. So yep. they they play both those. They play the image, and they play the 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 characteristic, the physical characteristics. Yep. That seems to me to be what the big guys are doing at the moment. Um, so um, maybe maybe you got to you need to do just a little bit more research. But I, I get it. You're, you're only just started. at Adam has only been around for a couple of months, so I get it. But I just wanted to give you that feedback myself. Now, just quickly, um, once you uh, once you you. you bar and uh, podcast bar, it's called pod bar, <laughs> is up and running and uh, doing brilliantly. What what do you want to do after that? What are your, what are your plans? Do um, you want to open up all around the country or what's the deal?
1: Yeah. So the plan is to have essentially hundreds of moderately small sports bars all around the country. So essentially, you know, you know, a bloke in a bar is around the corner, you know, you can go watch the footy and you know, you can get good quality beer. And then we also want to have uh, bloke in a bar bottle stores attached to them. So you have a beer at the the footy or whatever. They're not going to be doing podcasts in them though, are they? No, well just, no just we just can, one couldn't scale that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but we may be able to have one because the other, the, on the other side, I also want to build an online sports network. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we may be able to have one in each um, state where that's the kind of head office of, of, mm-hmm. um, of the, the bars. But yeah, so a small, small, small sports bars all around the country with a, a bottle shop connected to it that are either only sells broken bar products. And so we have all our pale out, gold now, all that kind of stuff. Or we only sell independent. I mean, we're not – obviously, it hasn't happened yet, so we would make that decision when we got there. But I would love to have just – it's just all bloke and bar products. So you're, you're the, the, your complete sporting experience as a fan is a bloke and a bar experience. And that's the kind of plan, um, you know, and we build that on the back of a sports network. So the advertising is essentially free, you know, obviously the cost of it. But we own the sports network. We sponsor that sports network with the bar, the beers, and everything like have that. Have you ever that's seen the The Man Show. No, I have. Oh, I've seen like snippets years ago. Yes, yeah, you remember it from years ago. I vaguely. That's what
0: you're talking about. I mean, I mean, you know, what you knew is a is a a broadcast of a Man Show style thing. I mean, I can't remember the name. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel was the guy, the host of the Man Show. Really, remember Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. He's killing it now. He's got his own talk show. So he started. Started the Man Show, and it was. And it was a bit. You probably wouldn't get away with some of the stuff they used to do. But like, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> did they like girls serving them beers? Yeah, they? they had girls serving beers. And they had, had a man, male audience, and they had girls jumping up and down a trampoline, oh, with bikinis on, some they of that. But never go these days. No, but I'm just saying. But the yeah. man show is a is a crude, early, early, early version of a bloke in a bar. Yeah. And if you had. I think you're gonna need something to support. I think it'd be good if you had something to support or to, to open up these hundreds of things around the around the country. You need something yep. to support it. Yep. Um, nearly needs a man show style environment. So maybe what you should be doing, not filming yourself on the podcast, but filming everybody opening taking the glass thing out in the bar on the Gold Coast and filming the whole fucking thing and everybody having a great time.
1: Yeah. So And we, make
0: that the man show or what do you call it? Called, the bloke in the bar
1: show or something like that. Yeah, so um, in the we actually we're gonna have cameras on the audience so you'll be able to see us talking, but then also cut to the audience watching. And actually the camera angle is Facing this direction, so you can and your, the people are watching from behind, so you can see. This is radio, so no one knows what direction you're talking about. But, oh, sorry, yeah, better, better, but get close to the microphone,
0: but yeah. yeah, but no, but I'm just giving some ideas. Yeah, so, and but by the way, because what you're going to need to do is going to have to work, financing this thing is going to be really important. You're going to need to ha- know how you're going to fund it. you're going to fund it through franchising. In other words, somebody else takes up all the costs for you. Yep. Or term you're going to have to get investors. So you've got a lot of work here to do. I mean, you're only at early stage, but I want you to make sure that you build this up. Um, and, and make sure you do risk management analysis, you have good psychographics around your marketplace when you go to investors and or franchisees because franchisees are going to ask you the same question yep. um, how, do you, how are you going to make sure that uh, the advertising around bloke and a bar beer is the right sort of advertising, and what yep. are the messages that you need to do and you, you need to have Good data, good information to uh, to convince people that they should take up a franchise. In other words, invest two or three hundred thousand to open up their little bar wherever it's going to be. Yep. Um, and or if you're not doing that and you're trying to get investors to give you money so you can open them up all yourself and own them. Um, you, again, it's the same question that an investors are going to ask you. Yeah. Um, it's a bit early stage for you yet, but I mean, you, you, I think you've done a lot of covered a lot of ground. You've done a lot of work to get this up. in um, a bloke in a bar. You've got your podcast. You have got your bars themselves. Your first one about to open. And when are you going to open it?
1: Uh, November fifteenth, but well, before likely. Christmas, great yes.
0: because you know Queensland. Whereabouts the Gold Coast?
1: Uh, Broad Beach Oasis. So the Oasis Shopping Centre. Yeah, the, there's a McDonald's there or Platinum nightclub directly across from that, next to the.
0: Can't say I know it, but uh, <laughs> Platinum. Night.
1: Well, no, but I'll try
0: and get up there and, and you know, pop in and have a look and see how you're going. And I, um, will you be podcasting all day?
1: Not all day, no. So yeah. we we will essentially the the main focus will be on the weekend. So when you come and watch the footy, it's a you know. It's a full experience, you know. You get, you know, instead of watching on Channel Nine, Gus Gould and Andrew Johns, like obviously they're probably better, but uh, you know, instead of watching them break the game down, you get a live experience of watching, say, myself and this is just throwing names out, Jamie Howard or Scott Prince or yeah. or whatever. We break the game down, but you can communicate with us, ask us questions, what you think. So very interactive experience. Yeah, cool. Um, and that will be streamed live as well on Facebook. Just remember one thing. I don't. I'm going to get you, you're going to ask me a question in a
0: second, but I just want to remember one thing when I'm listening to and watching you there. Um, be prepared for your business to evolve. Yes. Okay. I yeah. mean, I know you've got clear, which is very good, clear um, sort of lines of sight in your mind at the moment as to how it's going to be. Yep. Let it be open enough for, and be prepared for it to evolve and change. I'm not saying be prepared to pivot. You already mentioned you're prepared to pivot. Excuse me, I'm not saying pivot. I'm talking about subtle changes, but subtle changes are a whole lot of end are being major change. Just yep. be, be open for that. Yep. And uh, be, and be sort of invited in a little bit, you okay. know, like um, just be ready for it to come in, be open for it. Um, who's a tough one in, in the relationship? You or the missus?
1: The tough one. She's got this silence, silent toughness that you just can't replace. But I'm more, much more stubborn. I'm extremely stubborn, as you can, can tell. See. As you can tell. I can tell. I can t- am <laughs> I even
0: mean, when I'm talking, I can see. But, but but that's a strength, by the way, because it means you're, it's dogg- you're dogged. It's well. also yeah. dogged. You're dogged. You're, <laughs> you're going to work at it. And you're, you're not going to. You know. You're not going to be convinced unless you're convinced. Yeah. I mean because what would give me the shits completely is if I completely turned your around and you. I'm trying to see if I can. Yeah. And you know just trying to push you around like turn you, like shepherd yep. you. I can't. That's good. That's a good thing. And and you you're sort of open. But I can sort of see in the back of your eyes that uh, you're got some resistance there because you're you're firmly convinced of your own story, which is great. Yes. Okay? But just be prepared to evolve. That's all I'm saying to you, okay? As no, a young bloke, no, be prepared to evolve. Okay. It. What question do you want to ask me?
1: So I wanted to ask you, and it was a bit vague, but um, I wanted to ask you two questions, but I'll just ask you one. I'll be rude to ask you two, but I was going to ask you, what's a unique characteristic you see in successful people? But I think that's, you know, internationally that can be very different. So I want to ask you, what's a unique trait an Australian businessman needs to have in Australia to be successful? If you're selling product,
0: the unique trait, I, I, I can I can do it by way of giving an example of an individual I know. David Gingell. David Gingell, <clears throat> no particular training, didn't go to university, left school at 16, um, was a surfer. Um, but his unique trait in returning Channel 9 back to where it needed to be is in, not only in terms of its programming, he's no longer the CEO, but in terms of his programming a few years ago, and his ability to restructure the, the structure of the business, in other words, fix it up, because it had a lot of debt and all sorts of things. His unique trait is he could read people, and he was, he was very malleable and flexible, but flexible to the extent that he read what somebody wanted. So he read audiences, so I was, uh, was able then to direct the programming. He read individuals, that's a different audience, so he was able to restructure what the creditors needed to have in relation to the business generally. So his unique trait is he's a good read on other people, and I think if you're selling a product in Australia, yep. he was selling television, but if you're selling a product in Australia, um, you need to be have a good read on the people that you're selling the product to. So William Hill, uh, their read-on is they need blah, 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 and they're sp- therefore sponsoring you to do the work for them. Yep. Um, you're going to be selling beer and uh, uh, an experience. That's what you're really doing You're selling an experience in your bar. Um, you need to know exactly what those people who you want to come to your bar are expecting from that experience, and then how do you keep building on that experience? That's what the good operators do. Okay. They're really good at reading that. A lot of it comes with maturity. Um, and it comes from making lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of mistakes Which you're prepared to admit Yes And um, and uh, lots of support People, you know, like The thing about Ginjal is that He would speak to everybody By the time he would get up early in the morning he'd go to the gym, have breakfast But by the time he got to work I reckon he would have rung 10 people about Anything Like he wasn't He wasn't the sort of guy would be sitting there on the computer blah blah, blah Doing research. He'd be actually ringing people and communicating and and I think field. that's really important. You need to be keep saying, ringing people, you, even if you're a pest. G'day, how are you going? Hugh, what's going? What did you think of the show yesterday? Or uh, uh, how can I improve it? Or what? Or you know, uh, you talk to you know Scotty Prince. What, mate, you were there the other day. What, what do you reckon about the audience? What do you think they were saying or thinking? Yeah. I mean, even it doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong. You're yep. just gathering. You're you're like a computer. You're gathering Facebook, mate. You're going to be Facebook as an individual. Yep. That's what Genghis was. He was. Always finding out from people and just bringing all the data and bring all the data and, br- and then his own mind—not in a purposeful way. His own mind just filtered through and just got the column that he needed out of all the data. Okay, that's what you need to do. That's what the okay. most successful people do when it comes to launching a brand with a product. Okay, I read this and I—and that's what you got to do. Just be open to it. Don't—don't don't think you know the prescription. Yes. Don't even try and build a prescription. Just keep talking and talking and talking to everybody. It doesn't matter whether they're an expert or not. Just get it, they might have just say one word that's important to you. Yeah, that, that's the part of the puzzle that you might not have. Ring, okay. talk, communicate, email, text, ring, talk, communicate, and do it over and over and over again. Don't make it that you and your missus sitting there talking about the day. Okay, get her to do it, you do it, and together and talk about what you found out.
1: Okay, that's actually
0: something I need to work on is the, the communication thing totally because I know you, you're because you know what I, th- I can see, you're the silo and you've got it all locked up.
1: Yep. Yeah, I'm
0: saying right. get out of that side, mate. Leave it there and yep. go and find out what everyone else thinks. Okay. Dannon, good to talk
1: to you, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs>